Welcome to Untangled. Whether you are a local government leader tirelessly searching for trailblazing solutions to operational hurdles, an IT professional with a zeal for public sector technology, or a curious mind intrigued by the symbiosis of technology and governance, Untangled is your platform. Join us on this fascinating journey as we explore how technology can revolutionize local governments. Effective, sustainable, cutting-edge solutions are not just for the deep pockets private sector anymore. Let's get untangled. So welcome to LinkedIn Live today with, uh, with Avero. Um, I have with me Robert Kronovich, who is our Director of, of uh, Advisory Services, Chief Projects Officer, and he has a background in uh, public sector, um, government agencies, specifically with uh, public safety. Um, and today we'll talk about IT modernization as it relates to public safety uh, that involves uh, police, fire, emergency services, and all of that, and how does that factor into how we think about IT modernization. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, uh, we talk about IT modernization a lot. We do this kind of work um, across the country, and I'm wondering if there are things that are unique to look at within public safety organizations as it relates to a wider city, city government or a county government. Yeah, quite a number. And, you know, one of the first things that is most noticeable to a lot of other folks in the organization is, is the availability of funding. Uh, it's very easy, generally, for public safety to get the funding that they need for a particular initiative, especially if it's already something that the mayor's looking at doing, council, there's already a public initiative. It's a lot easier to procure the funding for something like that. I think one of the other big caveats that people have to know, though, is the, you have to do this right. The technology has to work correctly. What you're looking to accomplish, you need to accomplish because the first responder environment, they depend upon that equipment. They put a lot of expectations on that equipment. If you're going to give them a tool, it has to be useful. You can't give them something that sort of works or maybe works or we're going to implement it now and finish it off later. It all has to be done correctly from the very beginning. So the amount of dedication that you need to provide as a command staff level person, staffing level, even if you're the finance director, even if you're internal IT, you have to absolutely be dedicated to getting accomplished what you say you're going to do. So how does that work in your experience with, with budgeting? Because, you know, public safety, as important as it is, may not be in a priority list as far as the mayor's office goes, or um, there may be conflicts between the, these two large power centers. How have you seen it work in the past? So I've seen it in a variety of ways where the initiative is actually coming from the, uh, the city council being pushed down to the chief. Sometimes the chief is not willingly going along. Some, some chiefs are still afraid of technology to a degree in that they, they see it as a liability um, rather than something that can help. So whether it comes from command staff or the mayor, the good news is, is when usually you put it in front of the council, you're going to get approval on it. So accomplishing how you get to the place to get your funding isn't as difficult as it is in other particular projects, but you need to be sensitive to the fact that if you're a council or your mayor or city administrator trying to bring this technology into your police department against your command staff's will, it can be done, but it's incredibly difficult. You're going to need to find a way to bring them along for the ride. So the funding is less of a concern, um, although I do caveat with a lot of people that Councils love to look at these things as one-time costs. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy 35 pieces of technology with some one-time funding, some relief funding. 
you have to be serious about looking at what your recurring cost is on those and carrying that maintenance forward and maintaining the product. Otherwise, what's going to happen is four or five years later, you're going to have a bunch of old, outdated technology, and you're going to be either where you were before or in a worse spot. Which is not different from, from any other department within a city or a county organization, right? And what we profess is have that plan that, that's not just looking at PCs uh, in an isolated manner or not just in-vehicle technologies in an isolated manner. Have a plan for how this plays out upfront and ongoing. And you've got experience working with a, with a large uh, modernization effort in Arizona. How did you... I know how the funding was established because your crime rate went up, mm -hmm. but how did you guys come up with the number to present in front of council at the time? So in our particular situation, we started off with the wish list and it was fairly easy to get there because the mayor put it out through the public safety task force that he put together. He wanted this town to become the leader of public safety technology in the entire state and if not in the entire nation. So the belief in that goal, the full council support, the full public support that they had for it, it really was just a matter of taking a wish list of 100 possible pieces of technology and narrowing it down to what's going to be practical and what's going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, it's like kid in a candy shop. You have a council that's handing you tons of money to get something accomplished, a high-level goal, and really it becomes a question of, of uh, prioritization. You have to look at certain technologies and realize that if you're going to buy cutting edge, then you need to implement it as quickly as possible. Right. Well, when you're trying to implement 35 pieces of technology, you cannot do it all at once. The prioritization is something that has to be looked at every single week with command staff, with your city administrator, and make sure that you're going to where you need to go and that you're going to have this product on the street within half a year and not a year and a half or two years on something like facial recognition where the technology is already very old, if not completely outdated, before it hits the officer. So is that is that a fair goal to have, that we want to be the most advanced PD? Sure, because a lot of it is, uh, it's a little bit of a perception issue, to be honest, because the technology initially becomes a little overwhelming to the first responders, so it's not like day one they start using every piece of technology. Right. It takes a little bit of time for them to come up to speed. And like true change management, it has to come from like the sergeant level down of you will start using this throughout your shift. Um, but in terms of accomplishing that goal, uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, mayors just want to be able to signal that they have license plate readers in the community, that they have uh, portable uh, LPR technology, that they've really accomplished these things um, so they can... In some cases, they would just basically want to state to the criminal that you come into our community, we're going to have a picture of you, we're going to have a copy of your license plate. And for a lot of them, that's all they want to be able to advertise and say. So perception plays a big role in the political aspect of it. Yeah, and it's a great point because, you know, when, when we do IT modernizations or at least planning for it for general government, it's all mostly internal um, tools and pieces that you want to upgrade and, and put in place. For PD, it's, it's or public safety of any kind. It's, it's in-vehicle technologies. It's, it's their RMS systems. It's CAD. What kind of maps are you on? How complex does it get? And what tends to be the most important thing as you try to figure out this puzzle of uh, public safety technology? It can get very complex because you're dealing with change management with folks that honestly don't like a lot of change in what they do. What they do on a daily basis going out on the street is so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. They tend to like 
minimal change on the back end of what they do when they're in the station, writing a report, how they interact with the public through technology. Um, ultimately, though, you have to remember that there are two distinct things going on here. You have the public-facing aspect of it, which, like I talked about, is a mayor wanting to signal to the community, we're taking technology seriously, we want to be the leader. And then at the same time, you have to remember that there's a lot going on internally that impacts the end user, the officers, you're changing workflows, like you just alluded to. When you, when you find more crime, your crime rate goes up. And so that's a very difficult thing for some chiefs to have to understand that there's a give and take on that in that I'm going to find more, more, uh, more crime that's going on in my community because I have the tools to find it. How am I going to be able to answer the question in a public meeting? Why is our crime rate going up? So dealing with that in the, uh, the political realm, but at the same time, making sure that your end users are getting the traditional things that we always do, proper training, that you train them right before they go live, where they're using the piece of technology. Is there a way for them to get support after that go live? And when you change their world, often the technology that they didn't have a year ago, which they weren't even in some ways missing, now that they're using it on a daily basis, within weeks that becomes so critical to them that they'll down a vehicle if a piece of technology is not working. You need to be able to work out all those policies internally and make sure that your policies support what you want to do long term. And another point that is very common from my background in public safety is these are very smart people. These responders are very very highly skilled. If they can find a way to do something in a two-step process rather than the five-step process you've dictated through policy, you need to be able to address and enforce that because your five-step process might be related to data quality or data integrity, and they have to follow that. So you have to be aware of what's going on internally with your users and not just the public realm of everyone wants to support public safety. Everyone wants to give you all the funding you need to do something. Two completely different spheres that have to be managed very well at the same time. So it's almost like the strategic level needs to be solved for first, right? You can't just, again, just can't go and buy a hundred tough books and throw them into your squad cars and say we've modernized technology. If, if policy, the city's overall vision and the overall organizational strategy isn't, isn't set and uh, agreed to, none of this is gonna work. Correct, you have to have, Everyone lined up behind this vision, um, and it is very difficult to do because a lot of times the public realm of it, they want to uh, take off and just run with something like this, and so they're getting way ahead of what's going on internally with the department. Meanwhile, the chief is trying to align change management within his organization so that all of this can be successful. And a lot of times, honestly, the chiefs don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what they should be looking for. They don't know what they should be telling um, their leadership staff. Uh, whether it's it's at the admin level, which is going to play a key part in your technology, because a good example is an officer is going to write the report out in the field. Who's going to wind up reviewing that report before it gets sent into uh, the CAT RMS database itself? So that there's a, bit, a little bit of QA that goes on there. Is that going to be a sergeant? Is that going to be someone in admin who's looking to make sure that the correct photographs are associated with a particular case? It touches everything in the department. And it's very difficult a lot of times to make sure that your internal staff is ready to go with something like this because your public sector, your public facing portion of this and your public leadership has already taken off to the races. So it's almost like business process redesign, making sure that at the ground level that your processes are matching the vision that, that leadership setting for, for the organization. 
Yeah, and so what often happens is the business process analysis will get completely shortcutted because, again, usually um, your council and your city manager, they're off to the races already, and as soon as they procure that funding, they want that stuff bought immediately as possible. So what usually happens internally is business process winds up being completely um, uh, ignored in a lot of ways. And so initially what you need to do is, if you're a city administrator or you're a chief, you need to understand that there needs to be a lot of groundwork that's laid in advance to be able to do this. It doesn't need to be months and months worth of work, but a lot of this needs to be established along with expectations and what this truly looks like to be successful. Because I've seen many times one-off technology purchases, just like you said, mm -hmm. they buy it, they plug it in and they go, here you go, we're modernized. And six months later, no one's using it. Uh, the officers hate it. Um, and you've just spent a lot of money that uh, is not providing the it's not serving the goals that you're, you were looking to do in the first place, nor is it even helping anyone in their day-to-day -day job. Yeah. What about interfacing? Like, you know, some systems are not in control of the public safety officers. In a, in a medium-sized city, um, you still rely on the general ledger and general government to do things like payroll or, or purchase orders and things like that. And, if you are a police chief that's wanting data-based decision-making and your, your centralized ERP or financial systems can't give you that info, for example, uh, you know, if I'm a new chief, I want to know why we're spending so much on overtime and finance can't tell me, payroll can't tell me. Where do you go from there? Because they're, they're going to have to change their systems to give me the data. Correct. And there are some options where you can get agency management systems, but you're really getting to a very dangerous realm where um, your police department is starting to take on its own admin, HR, finance, and try and doing, doing everything itself under the guise of, I need better data-driven decisions. A lot of times, though, that is... That's a relationship issue. There's a lot of police departments, they don't want to work with the finance director. They don't want to work with HR. They feel like they don't understand um, the realm that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis as a chief. You know, I'm what chiefs do most days is risk management. Everything that they do is a decision to mitigate a risk, accept a risk, or determine a way to, to take another attack to, to get where they need to go. So they look at a lot of other departments and go, you don't have the same sort of risk issues that I have on a day-to-day -day basis that are public facing risks. So therefore you don't necessarily understand what I need in particular. I think the relationships need to be developed. Um, so the data dashboarding can be correct and it can be useful and you're bringing everyone to the same page. And when you're going out and getting a new finance system, you should probably include your public safety director in that discussion as well for the very thing that you're talking about. The ability to get real-time information that's useful to be able to make decisions quickly is probably the biggest tool that a chief is looking for with new technology. And, and it's not anything different, right? I mean, when you're going out for a new ERP system, your requirements should dictate that we have this granularity of, of data reporting that can be useful to, to something as critical as public safety. Yeah, and every... Every piece of technology out there that is geared towards public safety is going to show you a really cool demo that's going to have you know really great blinking lights and red charts and green charts and all that sorts of stuff. The only thing that matters at the end of the day, especially to your command staff, is they need to be able to go to another department that's using similar technology and talk to them and say, is this really working for you? How do you balance between trying to provide leadership based upon stats versus 
the traditional leadership, which is another very difficult thing for chiefs to do. They can chase stats all day long and not be able to solve their relationship issues of a particular district or, or a neighborhood. So it's the ability to make sure the tool is there for when they need the, the statistical information or they need the dashboard, but at the same time, it doesn't get in the way or dictate to them what their daily job needs to be and where they need to focus on. So finding that balance and not letting the software vendor or the technology vendor tell you this is the way it has to be or hey, this is what looks really cool on your smartphones. This is what you need to go with. What's the practical use of it? And how are you going to incorporate that into what you do with a lot of your initiatives and your relationship as a chief with the community? So where do you start with a, with a police department for a city that, that has older technologies, multiple instances like two or three RMSs, um, and they want to take on a transformational project like this, they're calling it technology modernization, but really, is it that, or is it just a process and efficiency type project that might, might include some newer tech? It's both. So usually, because of how rapidly the technology leapfrogs over um, itself every three, six, nine months, um, it's usually a problem where they are behind, they are using something that's antiquated, that was never set up correctly. The, the traditional things that we see in regular ERP implementations. No one's been trained in a while, they weren't uh, trained correctly in the first place, expectations have changed, the system was never implemented correctly, it was never finished, maybe there's some interfaces that are no longer um, working for them that are critical to what they do and now someone's gone back to a manual process to do that rather than relying upon the technology. Um, but it needs to be a balance between what is truly what the department needs and what's the vision of where you want to go with this. Because, it's again, it's easy to put a list of 100 pieces of technology in front of it, but they need to know what does that mean to me. And you need to look beyond what does it mean for me today? What is it going to mean for me two or three years down the road? Some organizations would love to have, be able to have um, cameras in the right of way every 150 feet. A lot of communities, that is not going to fly at all. There's going to be a lot of concerns. You might wake up the ACLU to want to do an investigation as to why you're even proposing a technology like that. There's so many considerations that come with each piece of technology that you really need to be able to have a conversation with them to, what do you really want to do? What's going to be practical? What are you willing to stand behind, Chief, um, with this piece of technology? And do you have the public... Um, do you have the public support and do you have the support of your council to go after something as radical as license plate readers? Mm -hmm. So your involvement in that large project was as city IT that was lent to police. And it was a, it was a fortunate setup because that, that isn't the norm. PDs are left to fend on their own. So they'll promote a lieutenant and say, hey, you're the IT guy now, in addition to your day job handle our technology. And we've seen that not work very well. So what's the best way for a, for a police department or a chief to work with a city's general IT to get the support that they need? Or do they need to build their own? You, you hit upon a situation that I, I was in that actually worked out quite well in that there was a lieutenant on the command staff who was not technologically savvy, but he understood all the concepts and he was the perfect partner for me to be able to work with. The chief is not going to be able to manage the day-to-day -day questions that come up with this project. I'm not even sure a chief's going to have the ability to do a weekly check-in as to where the project mm -hmm. is going. The chief needs to find someone on command staff that they can trust to make those decisions, be able to look at processes, answer questions that the technology company might have, 
as to how you do things in particular and then partner with IT. But at the same time, someone who's willing to hold the vendors accountable. Um, that's, that's a two-way street. So Chief needs to be able to find someone that it, uh, they can rely upon, that's going to be able to carry that message for them, that can do it on a daily basis, and don't involve someone like the patrol commander who's already got everything um, they need to do for in terms of job responsibility. Uh, they do not have time to take on particular things, and they might be involved in the process, but get someone in command staff that you can trust to carry all of this out. Robert, I think this has been a great conversation and I look forward to uh, uh, spreading the word about our work with PDs in the near future. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Appreciate it. That's a wrap on today's episode of Untangled. For more exciting insights, remember you can find Avero on YouTube at Avero Advisors and other social media platforms. And don't miss out on our weekly newsletter on LinkedIn, where we delve even deeper into digital transformation. Interested in a career at Avero? Simply visit our Career Center on our website to see how you can join our team. Thank you for joining us on Untangled, your reliable source for understanding the intricate crossroads of technology and local governance. Until next time.